the space station is falling apart. The aliens are coming, and only one person can save the day. Whatever you need, I'm your girl. Again. Monday. We're gonna get sucked into the moon's gravitation field. Is that bad? Disney Channel blasts off with an original movie. They disappeared. Xenon the sequel, a Disney Channel original movie. Let's go. Monday at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. Chapter one. Zum zum. <laughs> uh, welcome to the most recent and illustrious episode of Straight to Video. I'm Tanner Hadfield, here once again with my fellow hosts and uh, acolytes of all things space, David McMichael and Jenny Kay. I really do love space. Uh, he really does. <laughs> I love space, too. Well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I mean, I would like to say, um, much like Whose Line Is It Anyway, uh, welcome to Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century again, uh, where everything's made up and the plot doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. The plot is just like, who plays Xenon's dad and best friend? Um, it's all fluid, baby. It's all liquid. Um on January 12th, 2001, Disney Channel released its 25th original film, otherwise known as DCOMs, uh, Xenon the Sequel. Now, to give you some context, this was the first of 10 DCOM movies released that year, 2001. Uh, in 2000, the previous year, they released 12. In 2002, the following year, they released 7. They now release about 2 a year, and there are 109 total. Um, 2016 was the anniversary year when they released their 100th, uh, which was a remake of Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, this film was preceded by The Ultimate Christmas Present, which I do not remember one bit. Never heard of uh, that. Even with like a cursory Wikipedia read. And it was followed by Motocrossed, which was a mm. loose adaptation of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, um, as was popular for teen films at the time, I guess. Um, and involved, you know, gender bending, off-road motorcycling, and it was really sweet. Um, what else was going on that year? Uh, well, as we, um, uh, established in our previous Xenon pod, I, I, this was, um, now my second Disney Channel original movie to watch. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't recognize any of these, but I had a lot of fun, um, looking at their titles and imagining what might have happened within them. Um, so as Tanner mentioned, uh, motocrossed, which is, wow, which gender bending, uh, motorcycles sounds pretty cool. Um, I think I would watch that. Uh, the other ones that were released in 2001, uh, the luck of the Irish hounded jet Jackson, the movie, mm. the Jenny project. Shouts Ooh, to Jenny. My movie. Um, it's an IE. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it's also about a chimpanzee, so relatable. <laughs> um, uh, uh, jumping ship. Um, 
Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. Oh, that one was uh, dark. I'm just going to say right now. <laughs> um, I guess that must have been the second DCOM sequel because I have heard that Xenon, the sequel, was the first DCOM sequel. That's uh, right. Twas the Night, um, followed in 2002 by Cadet Kelly, which is, um, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it, but I have... <laughs> I don't know. We've, we have a review posted on our site about we it. We do. I know. I've read. I've read reviews of it. But the other, the really, um, uh, the questionably titled but uh, seemingly adorable um, other movie that they released that year was called The Poof Point. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real title of a real movie. Um, do not remember. What do you think that's I, about, David? I, I was going to say, I would love to invite you to imagine what this film is about. Um, I think it's like, a, what's that? What's happens? What happens in Christianity when people just disappear? <laughs> uh, left behind. Yeah, I think it's like a left behind for teens. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, if Wait, the ra- no, if the rapture was the called rapture, the poof point. The poof point. <laughs> Just so we're clear, left the Left Behind series is not canonical Christianity. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, doesn't Kirk Cameron, like, bestow canonization? Oh, that's a really good question. God, I mean, Kirk Cameron. But well, that's my guess. It's like a teen rapture movie. I fucking I, love good calling guess. the rapture point. <laughs> oh my god. I will never not think about that now. Holy shit. Um well the poof point is um uh uh when you uh, rewind in time uh, and um, the poof point is when you're going backwards in time is the moment at which you're like a baby and then prior and then you cease to exist and that's the poof point oh so like benjamin really... button <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it's a really specific um... that's so high concept <laughs> yeah truly uh i mean the movie the movie looks kind of great i guess who's uh, in it anyone we would know no <laughs> <laughs> yes um, i mean if you've seen disney channel movies oh. uh taj maori um mark curry uh from hanging with mr cooper mm. um classic and uh, somebody else i don't remember yeah, I guess I shouldn't have answered that question since I've never seen a Disney Channel movie before. But I didn't recognize them. But they're all scientists. It's like a sci-fi time travel poof point movie. Wait, even the, the children are scientists? Yeah, they're all scientists. Wow. Yeah, they're children scientists. Which one um, of these movies was post 9-11? Oh, shit. Um... That is That's a good question. That's a really good question. Was I'm Xenon? assuming Halloween Town. No, Xenon was in January. Um, oh, okay. I'm assuming Calabar's Revenge. Um, 
<laughs> and if you notice that racist. Halloween Town Two, the the two is in Roman numerals, which is like the Twin Towers, um, <laughs> which a lot of people. <laughs> Oh Are there Halloween about. Town 9-11 conspiracies? Maybe we should type it into Wingdings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, um, I mean, we could make another guess about, I mean, let's rewind in time past the poof point of when I described what the poof point means. <laughs> and um, apparently that movie was released on September 14th, 2001. The poof point was? So, yeah. Shut up. What? So, <laughs> something yeah. is going on wow that would be man i'm i'm just thinking of some like like edgelord meme calling 9-11 the poof point <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get dragged <laughs> yeah i think i distanced it from myself enough before i said it <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, so that's what was going on with DCOMs in 2001. Mm. Um, I've got some other space news to deliver whenever it's the right time to do that. This feels right. Uh, yeah. A- as our resident space expert, I think that it is all you. All right. I oh, mean, there is some good space shit coming out from this movie. Um, so... Uh, the year's 2001. Um, the other prominent space station movie that year was Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, which, man, mm. I, I haven't I haven't seen it. It's like a, it's kind of like right on the line of like I love space stuff, but Tim Burton is irritating. Um, but the things to note about that movie is that. Um, Paul Giamatti was an orangutan, and Mark Wahlberg was Mark Wahlberg, and uh, and there were space stations. So that's that's the year in space station news. What do you mean Paul Giamatti was an orangutan? Like, like he, he was, played, like he was makeuped into one of the apes. Yeah. No, he was definitely CGI'd. Surely. No, no way. I looked at these makeups, and he. It was just it was just makeup. It was prosthetics. It was makeup. So this is not an Andy Circus situation. No. This is two thousand one. I guess before that's really a possibility. No. Uh, no, because that is post Gollum. Gollum. Oh post Gollum and Harry Potter. I like Dobby maybe. But no, I looked at pictures and Paul Giamatti sat in a chair for how god knows how many hours each day and was made up to look as an orangutan and i just think that that is so appropriate for him um i wish that he had also been in xenon the sequel uh oh he would have killed it as the captain as plank (laughs) as plank yeah absolutely oh yeah instead of human veggie tail (laughs) (laughs) From uh, Honey, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. That's what yes. I remember him from. I don't know his name, but he is a human veggie tale. <laughs> uh, his name's something Pankin. Um, Plank? Pankin? Panko. Breadcrumbs. Um, uh, and further space news. Um, there were a lot of ties between this show and that show Babylon 5, which was kind of like a, um, a Star Trek plus time travel plus religion show that was on at the same time um i read that apparently the space station crew 
um, where the space day crew wears <laughs> recycled uniforms from the set of Babylon Five, <laughs> which I thought was great. And also, Whoa. there are multiple crossover actors between the two shows. One of them being Plank, and the other one being uh, the whoever unfortunately replaces our Lord and Savior Protozoa for for Z three. Um, so we don't talk about that. Protozoa gets replaced in the. Z- oh wow! Yeah. Well, we're not going to do that one. Some some horrible sucker just really really stepping in it um so so maybe they exist in the same universe maybe xenon mm. is a the spiritual you know successor who knows but those things exist and final space news oh boy this was my favorite um <laughs> our uh our our dear lord protozoa Rit. how do we say his name Riss rye protozoa whatever his real life name is um starred opposite dennis hopper in a one season sci-fi show called flatland and i just my mind Um, was fucking blown thinking about those two people on screen philip rye was second build to dennis hopper in this show which i just i truly cannot imagine i'm looking this up right now this is blowing my mind Oh, and this was in um, 2002. So, and then Dennis Hopper replaced <laughs> Protozoa in Z3, which is the weirdest part. Oh to my me. god! Man, we really need Paul Giamatti and Dennis Hopper in the same Xenon movie. Dennis Hopper post speed is, I think, just like proof that life is a simulation. <laughs> it really must be just shocking everything (laughs) i boy it's just so it's so bizarre imagining hollywood's erstwhile you know bad boy uh what's his movie easy rider kind of like drug paranoid fueled like superstar on the screen with protozoa (laughs) Who talks about how he can't dance and how his English accent was a choice? <laughs> Dennis Hopper plays someone that's on a four thousand year long quest to stop that's a long ass an ancient warrior. Um, four thousand years. That's such a long time. So that's what he's been doing since Speed. <laughs> wow. Um, Jenny, do you have anything to add about? Uh, 2001 DCOMs. Um, I don't think I saw most of those except for Halloween Town. Um, but I feel like 2001 was a big movie year. I saw Legally Blonde came out. I saw another teen movie, I think. There was mm. a lot happening. So it was kind of like the, I guess, not another teen movie killed the teen movie. <laughs> yeah. Because um, 1999 was the big year when uh for the first xenon um mm. interesting mm. oh and all out cold which feels like a naughty d- decom do y'all remember that movie the uh-uh. snowboarding movie oh my god yeah i weirdly I loved that movie, that movie in movie. like 20 years <laughs> okay mm. 
It's it's like a it's like a Casablanca remake. No. Okay. It cannot a Casablanca be. with snowboards. <laughs> yes. Casa snowboard. <laughs> the Blanca is the the white powder, you know. <laughs> Tater's shaking his head at me in disappointment at my movie name, which which is deserved. <laughs> okay. Um. I think we can kind of uh, move on at this point to uh, talking about um, updates to uh, Z2, the sequel from the first one. <clears throat> so many. Uh, yeah. So uh, for Xenon, the sequel, um, Raven Simone was f- busy filming Dr. Doolittle 2. Um, Boy, and the movie really suffered for it. Yeah. Um there, there was just like we were missing that sort of like spark. Yeah. Um, I don't r- know the name of the person that replaced her. I don't think it's really worth my time to Google it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I googled um, her. <laughs> any anything to point out? She seems sweet. Oh. Um, she does seem sweet, but when you're you know raised on the rich wine of raven simone um it's hard yeah Yeah. she doesn't have the star power but she was fine i feel like the weirder thing was replacing the parents uh just the dad no no both both. was it yes that is not the same mom this woman kept like seeping her new zealand accent out they were both different and i was like what were those two actors doing that they couldn't be in the sequel (sighs) I don't know. They also switched out the stress helmet, which I was more concerned about. <laughs> yeah, different um, <laughs> updated V2 of the stress helmet. A major um, downgrade. And um, Greg wasn't there, which was really the biggest loss. Yeah, that breakup city to start the movie out. And she just responded, okay, have a nice life, and then hung up on him. <laughs> that was their breakup. After what I assume is like, a two-year-long relationship? Yeah, th- I mean, this movie does pick up two years later. Um, That's impressive for 13-year-olds. Long distance, too. So they, they dated in real life for um, like roughly a week and then did long distance for two years. That sounds about right for being a teenager. <laughs> yeah, everyone in there like, msn messenger relationships with their canadian boyfriends i'm not i don't know where that came from but you know some people did that i think yeah he's greg is uh he's a model he lives in canada and you know he can't visit very often he's totally real Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i feel like the other like the the actual like major upgrade is that uh we got a new director um manny cotto who uh was the executive producer the ep of uh star trek enterprise in its final season and was also the ep of 24 for four seasons which is um Mm. a really high recommendation like that's one of like the biggest achievements uh biggest television achievements of the 21st century so that's pretty cool hence Um, like the urgency in this film yeah, well, I feel like it, it kind of has a steadier hand 
the whole time um they like you know dial down the slang um there's a little bit more cause and effect um there's more like visual continuity between shots and scenes um maybe y'all didn't notice but i thought it was a little bit of an upgrade no i definitely noticed that and i that was one of the things i wanted to ask y'all is do you think this movie benefited or lost something in relation to the first movie with that with the addition of that steadier hand at the helm i think it's a it's i i do recognize that it is better in a way like it has like a clearer structure but i do find it less charming than the original yeah i have to agree with that i I thought that i don't know i mean it seems it certainly seems more more mature and like more conscientiously put together but i don't know i mean again coming to decoms like for the first time in my third decade of life i have like, like there's so many other movies out there that are well put together that but I, yeah, like the first movie just had this like really unique charm and kind of like scatterbrained scattershot, like they're going to, they're going to like load down every goddamn line with as much slang as they can stuff into <laughs> it. Um, slang stuffing. Slang, <laughs> slang slinging. Um, wow. I, I don't know. I really, uh, I, yeah, I, I recognize the like the more I think skill and stuff that was used to put this movie together, but I miss the, I miss the kind of like more DIY approach feel to the first one. This one was not, Tanner, you asked last time about cyberpunk. I wouldn't say that this one was cyberpunk at all. I feel like it lost some of its like idiosyncrasies. It was like, um, mm-hmm. like the, all the, the edges had been smoothed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as, it wasn't as like spiky and thus, I don't think it took as big of swings. Um, overall. Yeah, their outfits didn't seem like they were made from trash. No, her hair was normal. I mean, she didn't have those two like high ponies. Which I guess I, uh, you know she did grow up, and that is that is part of this. And I like how it plays into it. I like yeah. like there's yeah, yeah. more of the storyline of there's less of her having a romantic storyline. It's more about her like being independent and having to like deal with the consequences of her actions and um Mm -hmm. there's like more sort of feminist undertones to this which is kind of cool but yeah i agree with you with it just feels like sleeker in a way that i didn't want she does stop making her own clothes because she uh starts ordering clothes from the virtual mall virtual mall i think (laughs) that xenon invented amazon y'all that's what i wrote down i was like no Amazon yeah take me to the virtual mall today I am ready I know I have so many questions I want to that's where they get all the sick raincoat jackets everyone's wearing there's so much vinyl neon acrylic yeah vinyl clothing the clothing was pretty sweet in this I I I loved the looks in this I do I, I would wear versus the uh the last movie were a little costumey. The ones in this were like high art. Yeah, David, I feel like the sunglasses improved as well, which I think I know you'll be interested in. 
damn, I didn't notice any of the sunglasses. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think okay. I don't think anyone I don't think anyone wore them was with as much aplomb as that pilot did in the last one. Oh, okay. Um, no, that makes sense. There was there was less aplomb all around. Yeah. Um, I think the other sort of upgrade downgrade we need to talk about is uh, the <laughs> original song, which this movie also ends with um, at another impromptu rock concert in outer space um i guess these movies are kind of like harry potter you know at the end instead of like a showdown with voldemort there's a uh original (laughs) (laughs) uh protozoa song that's what it it all leads up to um what did you guys think about the second original protozoa song tanner i wanted to like it so bad but it was confusing it was a very confusing song (laughs) yeah Man, it's it, not good. It was fine. It's I not, did. No, it's bad. It is bad. <laughs> if you heard that come on in a virtual mall, you would be so confused. I would not buy anything while that song was playing. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I did learn, though, that that song was written by uh, Donnie Markowitz, who's an American producer and composer best known for co-writing the Academy Award-winning song, I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. What? So, wow. So okay. this, guy, this guy has got a pedigree, but he just didn't, he didn't bring it to the game when he was writing this fucking song. I think it's because we just, like, what is Protozoa? You know? They have, they're featured in the Rock and Roll Report, but they're, like, <laughs> pop, and then there's, like, synth, and it's, like, this like, one was like like a slow jam almost but they were like ro- doing the the leg pop <laughs> dance to it i don't know because that's the only dance he can do <laughs> that's fair <laughs> as we learned in the first one he can't dance yeah he can't clap on beat which is really bad no one um, in the audience could so it's fine but he also <laughs> clearly lives off vibes and like he's performing that concert to like 12 12 year olds <laughs> one of whom i saw yawn <laughs> during the song yes <laughs> it was a little girl like maybe nine and she just oh yawned <laughs> boy so did i wow chapter two so as, as we like to do for all of our straight to video classics uh we want to you know commemorate this 20th anniversary with a very special gift from us to the movie um now the uh the traditional gift for a, a 20th anniversary is china um very old-fashioned very classy and the modern gift would be something platinum um what kind of gifts do y'all have to <laughs> <laughs> gift this movie Man, I, I would give this movie the gift of a platinum album for Protozoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Featuring the hit song, whatever the fuck that song what was What was called. it called? Galaxy is Ours. Boo. Uh, I do want to hear his other tracks. Um, which He I, said he'd been writing. He's like, I've had an outburst of, of creativity. One was called Nova Nights. I'm very curious to hear that one. Mm-hmm. And Perfect Dream, Margie said. Boy, Nova Knight sounds like a like a sci-fi Miami like 
sweaty anthem. Like, <laughs> I, I would fuck with that song. <laughs> do you think that he's? Do you think this is his uh, like sophomore album, and he's in a <laughs> sophomore slump? He well, he's, he's living in uh, a state though. But I guess he's like the biggest rock star in on planet Earth. He said he said that he later in the movie he didn't want to die yet because he hadn't put out his greatest hits chip so he has enough of a catalog where mm. at least he believes that he has uh you know compiled enough songs to form a greatest hits like standalone situation well and we assume from the last movie which took place two years ago that he'd been playing long enough for everyone to be like super fans so however yeah. many albums that you could make in three plus years <laughs> although it was confusing to me if he has been missing since the last movie because they were like he went missing after ago. he got home from a space concert that's what they said so yeah. he's been missing for two years but it only became news after two years and no one could find him and then xenon xenon found him in an afternoon xenon was like let me let me think of the most obvious lyrics from all of his songs, and that's where he is. And nobody else thought to do that in two years. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't know. I think that was like a unique, unique thing that she did. In 2049, how hard is it to find a human? <laughs> Especially at like a, a, like a beach mountain estate. I mean, like, people know about that place. That that shit is on Airbnb for sure. Like, someone has got to know that he's booked in there. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I want to hear y'all's um, anniversary gifts. Hmm. Well, I wanted platinum spikes for Protozoa's hair. Um, I mean, he was he was looking for inspiration, and I feel like he really should have switched it up style-wise. I mean, it's been two years, and he's still doing his hair the same way. Nah, -uh. um, at the end of the movie, he just has a single spike, a little flip, a gelled flip. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it's not really working for him. <laughs> I also does he do his hair like that every day, even when he's on an island by himself i think it just does that naturally oh mm -hmm. is is protozoa human do we know that what does protozoa mean i'm looking it up it's um it's a worm right oh it's a <laughs> it's a term for a single cell oh god i remember this from biology now oh yeah those are gross you grow either free living or parasitic that feed on organic matter <laughs> he's like a space worm and i think those <laughs> i think that we know that because of the spikes it's like a tell <laughs> so you think he's an earworm earworm exactly he mm. creates earworms like supernova okay uh, uh yeah i feel like i'm starting to understand yeah yeah I think the other thing he might be is like the brother of Darth Maul. 
Like uh, he's like the grand uh, the, nephew of Darth Maul. The, the <laughs> grand nephew sounds like a. What if that's like a Sith, like a Sith rank? Um, <laughs> Star Star Wars: The Phantom Menace Episode One came out in 1999, which was the same year the first Xenon movie came out. I mean, that's cannot be a coincidence. Their hair is similar. Not not be. I mean. Maybe that's horns. Maybe there are horns underneath his hair, and he like smooths the hair around each of his horns to uh, to camouflage it, so that he can pass for the greatest rock and roller of all time. <laughs> this is make really making a lot of sense to me. <laughs> but yeah, me too. I think I, I I I didn't really prepare a gift, but I do think that I would give them a platinum ship because it seems like they have a lot of trouble with their current ship to the point that the military just started sending giant pieces of it into space for really no reason other than it's not working anymore. <laughs> it made no sense to me. That was a question. No, because they bought it. They bought the ship. The military yeah, so why? Are, so why are they breaking it up? Yeah, why are they sending it into space? Fix it. Well, maybe they... <laughs> recognize the alien threat unclear to me so i don't know yeah definitely unclear okay any questions okay i'll start with a a simple one um Mm. from the very beginning of the movie um the general asks his daughter margie to take a nap before dinner even though they just arrived after a, a long trip to space. And I think as an army general, he should know that that would be a surefire case of jet lag. Um, it's going to take Margie weeks to recover. That's a terrible decision. Um, so I'm curious if jet lag will change in the year 2051. Um, they may have jet lag pills. I'm not sure. Mm, surely I think they he's do. just a bad dad. Yeah, so he, like, doesn't see her really at all because they're – or she said they're being shipped around all of the time, which doesn't clock because she's been hanging with Greg for at least three years. <laughs> she's probably just telling lies. Maybe they're just moving around Vancouver. <laughs> I'm curious, like, why there aren't more – space days which it took me till the end of the movie to realize that was a shorthand for space station um and i feel really embarrassed about that but i like screamed when i realized like oh space day but i i don't know the ease of with which like her mother who quote grew up piloting spaceships like did she spend her whole generation on or her whole upbringing on this space day meaning that they have had this like living space station for a few decades and they didn't create another one i i'm also extremely curious about the geopolitical circumstances um around this space station and mm-hmm. the lack of any other ones like is this a is this like a standalone nation state are they um subject to the rules and stipulations uh of of nations on earth um yeah, why aren't there more of them? I mean, it seems like like they're just chilling up. They're not they're not like uh under austerity measures. They're having a great time. It seems like 
it would be easy for there to be a lot of them. I agree. We do learn in the first movie that uh, Xenon and her family have been on the space station. Uh, different parents, but they've still <laughs> uh, been there for eight years in the first movie. So at this point, they've been there for 10 years. But we don't know how long the space station has been around in total. Mm. What do you guys Hopefully think oh, um, uh, an ohm cycle is? Or a wham board? I think an ohm cycle is definitely a meditation bike. Um, oh, yeah. Which sounds awesome. Um, that might make a reappearance in a dream merch. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the second one? Wham board. <laughs> it was I mean, when, um, what's Xenon's friend who's not played by Raven Simone in this movie? What's her name? Nebula? Nebula, yeah, yeah, you can tell because there's an N on her chest. Oh my god, I never noticed that. Well, when she's now living in Earth, she's complaining about... Which is a sideways about... Z. Because oh. they're so in sync. Anyway, she complains a lot about the ohm cycles and the wham boards and the filthy, filthy mm. air. You know, that was like... Those are some hard oh. digs on the Earth. Some oh, Disney yeah, commentary like, there about global warming. get run over by a wham board. Oh, yeah man. it sounds it sounds pretty meaty like uh it was like a big thick like slab of i don't think it's like a sleek vehicle it seems like something that you know is, is like big and unwieldy you don't think it's like a lift scooter or like just like a hoverboard skateboard no i think it's like a like a couch um on uh, with fumes yeah like a hover couch mm. um that sounds pretty comfortable actually was was there like this c plot about um protozoa like when aunt judy is talking about how earth is just like a planet of egomaniacs and like we see protozoa who has He's wearing his own band tee. There's like art of himself <laughs> all around him. And then at the end, he's like humble, a humble wedding singer. He really came down in this movie. <laughs> he went from being the world's greatest rock star to being a wedding singer. I'm just curious. Like, I, I like to think about, you know, the Disney execs. And we think of Disney as being all like whimsical, but. It's really just a bunch of suits trying to make money. But there's a lot of like the first movie was basically like anti big corporations. And then this one's anti like military. They make a lot of comments in both films about the environment and how we're treating the earth poorly. Um, I'm just curious about like what subliminal messages Disney was trying to get into our like worm brains as kids with these decoms. Was this like the hippie unit that got to make decoms? <laughs> I'm curious. Well, I mean, like, out of it's weird because out of the like 109 decoms, like a third of them are sci-fi movies. Damn. Oh wow. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. It's interesting. It's just interesting to think about. 
do they man is it possible for a huge corporation to to like have a uh, a like sense of moral responsibility to like the people of real earth can they do that <laughs> i think that um we should save that question for our other podcast <laughs> the moral responsibility of corporations <laughs> yeah it's it's just so perfect for that podcast <laughs> Um, oh, so catch us on our <laughs> uh, other podcast about, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, I do have a lot of questions <laughs> about um, the toenail glue, but I think that I could save that for later. No, let's let's get into it. Okay, I. Who would put their sock on while their toes were still wet? Thus, Margie would have waited till her toes were dry. I have no idea. The, it's just such a funny... I was like, we see Xenon painting her nemesis Margie's toes. She pours glue in the toenail polish. And then I'm expecting a full montage of revenge. And her only revenge is that was the putting one. glue on her toenails. And her sock gets like stuck to it. That was so bizarre to me. <laughs> it's just it was so I think, lame. I think it really has to be further evidence that the universe, either outside or inside of the movie, is a simulation. I I mean, Margie would know. Like any any human child would know. Like let the let the toenail polish dry. But maybe someone just forgot to like code that algorithm into her. But I think like, like the, <laughs> I think that it just must mean that like, no woman edited this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like once it was in the can, it was just <laughs> boys all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> boys all the way up. Oh uh, wow. And lastly, are y'all okay with me referring to our friendship from Hatch to Dispatch? Oh, my God. Do One they of say my that? favorite lines from the movie. Yes. Yeah. From Hatch to Ditchpatch. It's hard to say. From Hatch to Dispatch. That's us. Since we've been hatched. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but Nebula's like, you know we're friends and xenon is like yeah from hatch to dispatch <laughs> it's something yeah. like that it's great is it's dispatch really, really good. death <laughs> yeah i guess so mm. that's nice yeah yeah that's please. what their 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 tombstones say in outer space hatched in 2049 dispatched <laughs> in 2056 Also, um, they refer to her like I just realized when when Margie asks uh, Xenon to write her history report on the stock market crash of two thousand six. That was mm -hmm. this movie was made in two thousand one. That was such a bold choice yeah. of them. Yeah. So like the the housing market 
started turning down in 2006 and like fully crashed in 2007 i think is is right xenon manifested this for us they knew they do keep saying that she's got an uncanny ability to be right about everything well and it's disney like if they're if anyone's gonna know (laughs) about impending like market crashes probably gonna be them the suits at disney yeah. And they just forgot that like not everyone knew that. So they just threw that in there. <laughs> My only hope is that Aunt Judy doesn't lose her house. Oh no, the way this takes place in 2051. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a history report. <laughs> I think Maybe Aunt Judy had got her house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um my a couple of my questions um well i think my main question is why is um why is plank so down on orion discovering aliens like he's so dismissive of this idea and he's so sarcastic about it and orion is so earnest but i just kept thinking like y'all are living on a fucking space station like surely he's trying to save his job plank is mm. yeah why would he lose his job if there were aliens that would make them more valuable they discovered life on another planet that's like the whole plot that the whole plan of xenons is like that's how we're gonna save it the space jenny i know that that's logical <sighs> <laughs> i'm upset poor orion but we're talking about um the male ego and the ego of power here it's so fragile um, it's, it's all about saving your own bacon you know? i don't understand why they would not have set up sound recording anytime there was a sound to record it because what else is the point the same thing would have happened if orion heard the zums he'd be like oh i heard something on the radar today yeah they and should get like, like a ring camera must be nice yes <laughs> exactly orion could have been replaced by a ring camera <laughs> O-ring. <laughs> O-rings. Yeah, that's really sloppy science. It's so sloppy. Send this poor boy down there for years. Don't give him any tools. I have a question for you guys. When did you figure out that the Zums were Zoom Zums? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, ju- like, two seconds before Xenon did. We should I, describe I, what the Zums are. Oh, yeah. Tanner. <laughs> Wait, you didn't realize immediately? No, no. did you? Are you serious? <laughs> no. No, it, I, it's I just It's so thinking... conspicuous. Why would they just be walking around talking about Zooms <laughs> when, like, the most distinct thing from the first movie is Zooms? <laughs> I just kept thinking, why do they keep saying Zum? Like, it didn't sound like that. Why are they saying that word over and over again? I thought it was some other dumb slang that they were using. <laughs> that that was, like, the way they said the word beep. They just, like, said Zum instead of beep. I still don't understand why, like... Why, okay, so basically the aliens are sending through this zum sound, which sounds like zoom, zoom, zoom from the hit protozoa track, Supernova Girl, to try and get their attention so that they will come find them so they can politely ask for use of their navigation system. But if they were going to try and get anyone's attention, 
wouldn't it be Orion, the boy who has been in this space basement listening for space life for years and found something like did they research xenon's interests or did they just assume <laughs> that like protozo like oh whoever hears this is gonna come I, like they they were reading the tabloids about protozoa not being around okay this is i'm realizing my biggest question about this movie <laughs> what were the aliens thinking i mean i think that's what makes it like a decom is that the Tanner. universe inexplicably revolves around a 15 year old girl's like taste in music egomaniacs <laughs> once again yeah i have no idea i mean this alien society is clearly light years more advanced than the human society why do they need to <laughs> find a random 15 year old human girl to help them get some charts from a garbage ship like, <laughs> she needs them to she needs they need her to print out some map quest yes they did. oh my god it's map quest <laughs> i don't know I, just... I mean like i said before everything's made up and the plot doesn't matter that is that is truly baffling they just really had to get the zoom zoom in there somehow um, I think that my biggest question is where is Nova Linda Cove? And when can we go there? Mm. I know. I think it might be at Jurassic Park. Oh my god, that was my guess too. Isla Sor Isla Sorna? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. Just protozoa living amongst all of the dinosaurs. <laughs> Man, he would have made a great Chris Pratt. With his like little clickers, his like training raptors. I think he would have been a good raptor. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no, here's what I really think: he would have been a perfect Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's true. Oh, wow. oh. <laughs> don't do that. Oh, <laughs> okay. uh, wait! I have one uh, last question. Yes. In the beginning, Xenon gets in trouble for she's playing this like video game that she found in the restricted area. Why did they give her access to the restricted area? And why did she think that there would be a video game in there? It's like ship consoles. No wonder the buttons are opening <laughs> doors and do it's not Pong. Well, I think that she thought that she invented a video game is what she says. It seemed like she thought she just, yeah, she just found one by clicking buttons and being like, oh, this is kind of a fun game. But really, she's endangering lives. Yeah. And apparently she'd done it before because she said she invented it already and had already played this game. So she's emptied out other rooms on the space <laughs> station into the cold vacuum of space. And potentially she's sent people into space. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely killed people. Plank and whoever else that was were we're like mere moments away from being dispatched <laughs> that's this what is dispatched the person means. the aliens chose to save them <laughs> man why does really? anybody have any faith in her at any point ever <laughs> but they do this is this was the thing that i kept coming back to in this movie i was thinking honestly i was like i knew this movie was about aliens when i was going into it 
And I was wondering if there was going to be like a if the core plot was going to end up being that Xenon was like an alien changeling girl that she was like a like some some uh celestial being with like an uncanny ability to like know the right thing and to like be a hero because everyone is always talking about how she's right about everything and how she's like in the right place at the right time and how she's always the hero but it doesn't really seem like she is (laughs) but everyone still thinks that she is it was margie really this time she knew all the right answers yeah egomaniacs um, that's all i can say i don't know yeah i think xenon xenon has cast a spell on everyone somehow <laughs> uh my last question is what do y'all have for best new slang um oh I, I think that ludicrous is what i have root i don't remember that when does that use like it, it's like ludicrous but ludicrous it's used multiple times it was a uh, Orion. Orion introduced it as um, when he was saying that he needed like more funding for the AP lab. Um, I really uh, liked. Uh, I really liked worry down. Worry like, down. Chill. That was my favorite. Um, mm. I like Binus. That's how she would Ooh. say bye. I <laughs> like that one too. Um, I also really like this is from one of my favorite quotes, but um, asking people if they're pancaked and being like, oh, my God, I'm totally pancaked right now. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I guess you're just like flattened out. You're just done. Totally pancaked. Is it like pancaked by emotion? I think so, because the quote that I have, which I'll just tell you now is from margie and she's asking xenon like she says trey viral he broke up with you are you pancaked (laughs) 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 trey viral chapter three all right chapter three let's uh give out some awards um up first we have it was the best of lines it was the worst of lines what line of dialogue in this movie is the most straight to streaming um i'll go first i the the two that i felt um stood out to me the most were uh when the general says we're in the united states military will she's a 15 year old girl (laughs) um and i think that's important because anytime (laughs) someone explicitly states somebody's age i think that's very straight to streaming um Mm. It's important to uh, present that numerical number to latch on to. Um, yeah, they've got to like set the stakes and like set her in relation to them. Mm-hmm. You got to do that with numbers. Yeah. Um, and it's important for kids to, you know, be excited about being 15 you know, looking forward to saving the galaxy or to feel good about already being 15 and feel like underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my second candidate is <laughs> um, when Xenon says, 
And <laughs> don't forget to try the O-rings. Oh, yes. I got so excited that she called back the O-rings. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a clear Easter egg for fans of the first movie. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you would have no idea <laughs> what? Like, what, the, what that is. Um, I, I am a little bit concerned, side note, about how, like, meat horny she is. Um because they, they don't have, have meat in, in, in outer space. space but on earth she's just like oh jeez burgers wouldn't you she's be like, this tastes fully illegal <laughs> yeah um i'm surprised are, they don't have like candidates. an impossible burger yet or some kind of meat meat in a petri dish kind of situation up there man what do they eat they have cake we saw they have cake. They had and just peas. like weird. It looked like they had turkey. When she was cutting up Margie's food, it looked like meat. Yeah, that's what that I was, thought too. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that Margie had her do. As, as at first it seems <laughs> We're like. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Because that's oh, in a okay. montage, David. Oh, 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 yeah, that's true. Um, I also oh. have two quotes. One of them I already said. Trey Viral, he broke up with you. Are you pancaked? It was one. So good. Yeah. Um, the other one is she she uh, is when she confronts two boys in a hallway, which felt very straight to streaming because I feel like in a lot of sort of bad movies, um, all, the protagonist always like confronts like a bully or something and has like a real like quippy line. Mm-hmm. But she says, <laughs> yeah. she says, laugh all you want, clown boys. But when the aliens finally do arrive, they'll probably eat the doubters <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> and they're like excuse me <laughs> what a sick burn there yeah. aren't even any clowns in this movie <laughs> yeah how does she know what clowns are <laughs> and i just love that it's like if you don't believe in aliens you're gonna get eaten by one <laughs> <laughs> those little boy bullies are not in the first one i don't know where they came from and they look so much younger than her yeah, they're like nine. She shouldn't let them push. I mean, I guess she didn't let them push her around. Yeah. Um, my my two lines. Let's see. Um, my first one is uh, I think it's it's um a kind of a mix of that great like um. I I don't know, just like exposition or or kind of like world building and a line of kind of forced dialogue um this is after uh xenon gets her her pass revoked after she (laughs) plays space pong um and she's laying in bed with her zap pad and she's like i can't even win at solar solitaire anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's like they they like create this this element that is only ever mentioned in this one sentence and it's just she's just expressing frustration i think it's great um my other one (laughs) this is my favorite line of the movie and it was in large part because of the because of the intonation on the delivery so i'm going to see if i can get this right um this was plank to xenon (gasps) i think i know what you're gonna say (laughs) after she like destroys his entire office life he says 
you emptied out my entire office and I lost my favorite shoe. (laughs) He's like, shoe. He says it for a long time. He does. I lost my favorite shoe. (laughs) It's like the one, the one like dialogue delivery, like real choice I heard in the entire movie. And, and it was just like nestled here in this scene. And I've, fucking love it oh that one's good i also just remembered i wrote down an, an aunt judy line because last time we had so many aunt judy lines because she was like oh, yeah. yeah she came with them but this one for some reason reminded me of you david she said i've always known that blasting into an endless void was bad for one's health <laughs> <laughs> wait i would love to know why that line reminds you of me <laughs> i just <laughs> I think it's the endless void part. I could just see you being like, like wanting to be blast, like letting yourself be blasted into an endless void, but then being like so paranoid about it. Man, on the daily. Mm. Also, we texted about this while we were watching it, but um, oh, we all yes. loved it when she said, "You have no idea what a rush it is to ditch a couple of G-men." A <laughs> cab, Judy. Man, forever said it <laughs> kept forever damn yeah that was great i um, was proud of her i was proud of her for ditching those cops she did a good job i i also have another uh honorable mention which is uh after the alien ship rescues the out of fuel garbage ship and their fate is in limbo uh xenon says cetus lapidus how did I get us mixed up in this crazy mess? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we all fucking know how you got us mixed up in this crazy mess, you know? You have that is, no impulse control. <laughs> that is your main character trait. <laughs> your your main mess. trait is crazy messes. <laughs> it's just quests. Oh, my God. Mess quest. Mess quest. Does anybody... F- feel like they have a real winner after all those Ugh. contenders i don't know there's no there's no read my flapping lips here no there's <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so read my flapping lips <laughs> once again <laughs> once again <laughs> um next up we should talk about um the montage in this movie uh, mm. we didn't get a montage in the first one in this margie bully montage the margie bully montage uh so she makes xenon cut up her space turkey Oof. she makes her do her science homework and then she makes xenon relinquish the final piece of chocolate cake from the space cafeteria she did not want to let that cake go. It was a, a really underwhelming montage, I gotta say. It felt um, just as underwhelming as Xenon's um, toenail revenge. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. It was all very tame. I did appreciate that part of the movie because her conflict with Margie is more interesting than any conflict that happens in the first movie in which there's not really any real sort of conflict. Um, 
So I do Except think the insurance fraud that they're trying to murder everyone on the entire space station. <laughs> yeah, but it's like that's just like icing. I don't know. It doesn't dr- really drive the plot at all. That's right. And this also leads, I feel like, to more character development, like her and Margie's issues, mm-hmm. which they then resolve and become friends. Yeah. Um, but I feel I like, know. you know, yeah. Yeah. I think all in all, I just get really happy when they finally let us have a montage. Yeah. We really haven't had a satisfying montage since we started this podcast, I have to say. Yeah. It's my fault for bringing it up. It just seems like... <laughs> In my mind, montages are just, like, the most crucial tool in a straight-to-streaming movie's tool bag. They don't cost any money. They allow, you know, time to pass. and They're fun. um, Yeah. They also allow you to kind of, like, step out of the world that you're in. Like, you can do a lot of silly things in a montage. I do think that Addicted to Love would be a really good montage song. <laughs> yes, I agree. Which we talked about during the break and uh-huh. you guys didn't hear. But um, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Man, I don't think I know that song. David, you absolutely know the song. <laughs> All right. Up next, uh, one of our favorite categories and or awards. Awards. One of our favorite awards. Uh, the Straight to Streeping Award. Um, now, we have a lot of the same players as the first film, but what performer do y'all think delivers, in this film, the best big picture or movie star performance? Okay. Go ahead, David. I For me, it's got to be Margie. I think um, her... <laughs> Her energy, her, like, spotlights, acting school for serious kids vibes, like, everything is just on point. I I submit um, three exhibits uh, for Margie as straight to streeping queen. Um, when Margie and Xenon are uh, hiking through the rainforest to get to Nova Linda... Um, and they encounter the spider web and Xenon says, oh, so you'd rather me get bitten? And Margie, with <laughs> with honestly a perfect beat, says, obviously. <laughs> and then the next line in that uh, in on, on that track, Xenon uh, says, oh, so I'm the expendable one? <laughs> and Margie says, exactly. <laughs> Just like pitch, pitch perfect, like, like why are you asking me this question like of course you are and then and then i thought honestly um the scene between margie and xenon where they're talking about uh or xenon's like calling her out for being mean all the time and um margie's like she's like wait do you mean people actually listen to me and i thought it was like a really nice um moment between them like exploring some actual like real person themes of of like protecting yourself and um of xenon like you know being kind of the center of attention but also feeling the weight of like 
you know propelling a situation um i i thought that scene was great and i think that margie's <laughs> uh movie star energy really carried it i totally buy that yeah that's a good pick i think for me is more of an understated choice um i chose the broken man orion <laughs> I think I just think that he did a really good job of portraying um, an obsessed man who has been locked away for some time just watching the time go by looking for aliens and I also think he really handled the final scene where we get a little like nod to maybe him and Xenon having something pretty well it was a convincing meet cute if you will. He got that final scene glow up. He did get a glow up. And apparently now that guy is acting in a lot of really, really big things. Um, and he's Australian, I think, which you can kind of hear seep out a little bit. So he's doing a lot accent wise, which always adds points in my book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's my pick. Interestingly enough, um, those two actors were both in Stepsister from Planet Weird, which was a great decom from the year 2000, released between Z1 and Z2. Mm. Um, I think those are both great picks. I, I do think that, you know, if I was directing a movie, I would, with first pick, take Anne Judy in a heartbeat. Um, you just you know, don't get her enough in this movie. I know she doesn't really get enough to do um but I even like I liked Commander Plank more in this movie just knowing that he was attached to Aunt Judy mm, um, that's true her I'm, I don't know her positive vibes just kind of like radiate through people mm-hmm. and um I think that they're very central to this film and the preceding film. But I I think I'm going to throw my uh <laughs> throw my hat in for Marjorie. Margie. Sorry. Mm. Marjorie. That's probably her full name. She's a little bit of a Marjorie. Mhm. Okay, Margie. Margie gets it. Okay. Um 2 for 2. That's that's pretty impressive. Um up next, the next award, guess who's coming to dinner? Which character or element, I might add, are you bringing to Friendsgiving dinner from this movie? Hmm. Um, I, I do have an answer for you guys. Um, I am bringing Novalinda. The whole ass oh, island? Shit. Yes. Um, oh, I, Tanner. In the year, the pandemic year of 2021, I have to have Thanksgiving at Novalinda. <laughs> <laughs> Just way the fuck away from everybody else, except maybe my friends. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to get out of my house, you guys. <laughs> I, I feel you. Yeah. I think I would like to bring the aliens. Um. Like, what a show. 
They don't talk. They just kind of implant their thoughts in your brain. And they're very polite, which they've demonstrated. Something that, yeah. you know, you love to have in a dinner guest. Yeah, someone that implants their thoughts in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> With permission. Sometimes it's just like, we're eating, you know? Like, we're all going to be eating. You don't want to have to, like, talk with your mouth full. Oh. Like. Communicating telepathically while your mouth is full. Exactly. That's that's really good. Would you still hear, would you hear the chewing sounds, like, when they communicate with you telepathically? Because I don't think I could handle that. I don't. You're Why not into you ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the aliens would eat our turkey Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> Maybe they would because okay. they're polite. Well, as as long as I can't hear. I don't think they chewing, have mouths. Someone else is chewing like echoing inside of my brain. <laughs> oh, man. I think I would explode. <laughs> I think I would explode instantly. That's fair. David, I, who you got? Can I... Can I bring the the shipped uh, Judy and Plank? I guess they're a unit because they're married. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think they would. If I can bring them both, like as a as a pair, I think um, I would love to have Judy and Plank at my dinner. It kind of I feels think, like um, cheating, but okay. <laughs> uh. But they're Whoa. newlyweds. They probably wouldn't even sit at dinner. They'd go and like bone in your guest room. That's all right. All right. I mean, they would they would have that, you know, that glowing. Wait, what happens at your uh, Thanksgivings, Jenny? I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a class, you know, we have we have like a seven minutes in heaven break. Uh-huh. <laughs> we play sp- spin the wishbone. I have seven minutes in potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thanksgiving's a sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I'm gonna claim Plank and Judy, but if if one of them must be removed, I'm still keeping Judy. I know I picked her last time, but I just uh, I don't think anyone really did the work to replace her at my friend's giving dinner in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think character wise here, uh, you're on point. Um, okay. Next award retail therapy. What is y'all's one piece of dream merch from this movie? I have it. Do y'all remember when her parents were playing like what seemed to be chess but with these Ooh, like yeah. crystal lava lamp looking pieces. I don't know what the yeah. game was, but that was I sweet. want it. It looks sick. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. That looked amazing. I definitely wanted to play that game. Mm. The two things that I want from this movie are um, uh, the restricted zone roaming pass that Xenon gets issued at the beginning that lets her go anywhere. I think... Oh. I think that would be so nice. I would want a restricted zone roaming pass for, hmm, I don't know where for. Maybe like a a restricted zone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for a restricted zone. (laughs) It gets you into like the White House. Movie theaters. (laughs) In movie theaters. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, I have one of those. 
on my phone that's just a key to the Paramount. <laughs> mm. It's a phone key? Hmm. Okay, David. The other piece of merch that I want is <laughs> that uh, salad bowl full of scrambled eggs that Nebula's mom makes for her Oh, my breakfast. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be like 30 eggs. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you like binge eggs if you weren't able to eat eggs your whole life? You would just yeah. get to Earth and eat only eggs? Oh, my God. It's so I don't eggs. think that's how eggs work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think when you... As someone who doesn't eat eggs very often, it doesn't increase my appetite for eggs. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to eat an egg right now, my preferred quantity of eggs would be like half an egg. Half an egg, Tanner? You obviously are not an expert, and I refuse to listen to you about eggs. (laughs) Man, yo, it's been a while, but I almost spit-taked that water all over (laughs) my computer. When Tanner talked about his preferred quantity of eggs, I have that I have that taste in my nose right now, like like when you're swimming in a chlorine pool and you like like snort a bunch of water through your nose. Y'all know Uh what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what did you eat today? Uh, Just water. I've just it was just water. Is it it filtered? Oh yeah, maybe that's why. Oh, I don't like that sound. What I'm doing? <laughs> My plant needed it's water. Like, it's like the mental chewing. Oof. I'm just thinking about that. It's making me queasy. Well, let's okay. Move on. I have some options. Um, I, I think that overall, I felt like there were more desirable dream merch options from this movie, which is something that I appreciated about it. Uh huh. Um, we talked about the ohm cycle before. Mm. which we only speculated on the existence of, but it sounds really cool. Like a meditation bike. I love it. Um, If that's what that is, then yes. Yeah. I love Protozoa's laser razor for his face. Oh, that one was sick. I was going to, I was going to ask y'all if you would be interested in something like Like, that. Razor burn is the the worst. Um, Shaving is is the worst. Is that when Margie was just like staring at him agog? Is yes. When he was using that laser razor. I think that was most of <laughs> them yeah. being on screen together. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, man, laser razor. That's great. Um, I really like Xenon's uh, Ferris Bueller machine in her bedroom that <laughs> just uh, plays sound bites that are activated by door knocking. Mm. I think that would be really useful for trying to escape from my house. <laughs> um, that I was also... super cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be super. super there were useful. better gadgets in this movie than the first one. Also, I think notably because you know we are a a f- serious film podcast, um, Margie's holographic film library looked pretty cool it stores unlimited movies and then it just plays them in the air as a hologram yeah that was yeah. really sick was the one movie which i wrote down romeo and juliet on mars uh she has both romeo and juliet on mars one and two. Oh, wow she has the sequel also the sequel Mm. What could happen in the sequel to Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, well, obviously they become aliens after they die, (laughs) 
and uh, live out there it just dreams i don't know that's a good mm. that's a really good question though i wrote i wrote a um a radio play one time called hamlet in space and tanner was a voice talent in that radio play so there's a connection oh my god <laughs> um i vaguely remember that but please tell me more um i don't know there's uh I made up a bunch of space words and just stuck them into Hamlet. And then you and me and Michael Perkins like voiced it and added like, like mouth, like space sound effects, like (laughs) zoom. (laughs) Wait, are you saying uh, that you made Xenon the sequel? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess I reiterated it because this would have been like a decade later. Okay. Um, so I have my my final answer for best dream merch. My most desired dream merch from this movie is Protozoa's tickle trap. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's never explained. And he's like, what did reason, I catch in my trap? <laughs> he has some sort of invisible uh, shock trap on his property that just tickles whoever it ensnares it seems amazing i'm in real life with like with my fingers i'm not that good at tickling people um <laughs> you're so not good at tickling I, you how know, hard is I, it like, to tickle it's not hard to tickle it's hard to, <laughs> to tickle effectively <laughs> um I feel like once you get to know somebody, you know how to tickle them. But this just is mm. an automatic tickler, you know? Yeah, and it's uh, like, it tickles their calves? <laughs> I guess. It's a calf tickler. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting um, point that you bring up about being an effective tickler and, and how it increases based on how well you know someone. Because I would say that depending on who it is the better you know someone the less appropriate it would be to tickle them (laughs) i think that's probably when's the last time you tickled someone uh redacted (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that tickle have you seen that tickle doc tickled no i would like yes i watched that with you it was uh, oh right <laughs> we watched it it oh was so good oh my god so we good. have to pod that movie it is it's incredible david you would love it okay i gotta see that <laughs> chapter four you guys ready to play some games oh i'm so ready oh yeah okay first up 23 and me we are each going to propose two films that this movie is indebted to and then we're gonna then vote to determine the lineage of this film. Um, I know Jenny is just busting with choices. <laughs> you have too many choices. I feel busting. like Jenny should go for it. <laughs> it just reminds me of, you know that like Ghostbusters song remix that's like, busting, 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 busting. No, busting makes you feel good. You don't know that? <laughs> oh, yes. No, I do. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Add that in. Add that in here and edit. (laughs) Okay. Oh my god. 
<laughs> okay, what? All right, my picks. <clears throat> okay. Okay, my first pick is um, Contact, starring Jodie Foster. Oh. And so good. where she is kind of technically like obsessed with finding aliens and has all these massive satellites and is sitting in a room like watching for aliens and then she actually discovers some sound and is the one that's chosen to make contact and then at the end um, when she's made contact there's a lot of similar visuals that remind me of the aliens in this film um and then my that's do i get both picks yeah yeah okay yeah, i do too um uh, my second pick is um i'm deciding last minute here because i have several written uh the wedding singer i think um whoa because uh you know protozoa is kind of like having an existential crisis he's a little bit of like an aging musician here and he's like scrambling to make a name for himself but really he just ends up being a wedding singer and um and he's fine with it he's great at it everyone loves it um so those are my two picks i think most importantly uh my first pick which is really a group pick is close encounters of the third kind yes Mm. um which apart from being one of the most brilliant movies ever made um it's especially pertinent in regards to this movie because i think this movie made a lot of really good directorial choices like working within his budget like not having a visible cgi alien it was just like such a good choice truly from an artistic standpoint like this could have spent so much money making a really ugly stupid alien Mm. and instead they just had like little like twinkly like sparks of light that really like allowed your imagination to come alive Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated that about this movie um and it's it's a lot like close encounters of the third kind you know spielberg working on a smaller budget um making magic Mm -hmm. out of what he had available to him Um, also the soundtrack was kind of good in this one like the music that they the original music yeah i agree there was there's even in the alien encounter moment some like sound cues that were pretty r- reminiscent of that mm-hmm. ba, 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 ba. yeah 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 that was nice and my my second pick also kind of like echoes um things we talked about in the introduction of this film and that's uh studio ghibli's princess mononoke mm. um i think that the, the um it's funny to think about Disney making movies that are, you know, um, environmentally conscious and um, techno-democratic, but it's 2001, and here we are. And um, there are just, like, some underlying, like, really humanistic themes here, and I'm all about it. Um you know, again, in 2021, we're all about the environment. We're all about humanism. Those mm. movies, mm. Uh, the Studio Ghibli movies, similarly, were about that. And I, I think that they echo in this film. So my second pick is Princess Nan and Monkey. That's really good. I would have never thought of that. 
Um, my two picks, um, the first one kind of purely on a design basis um, is The Abyss. Mm. Um, do you all remember what the alien looks like in The Abyss? If not, you should Google a picture of it real quick because it is strikingly similar. Just look up The Abyss Alien and Whoa. all of you there at home. It's the same. Except there's it's like the more of a human shape, but the colors, like it looks like a moth. Yeah. Wow. So you're, man, that's a really good pick. You're not, you're not talking about like the, uh, the water Ed Harris, right? Yeah, that may be. No, but you're like, the alien doesn't look like water Ed Harris. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It's like the alien looks like the alien in this movie. It, like the like the moth kind of spaceship alien. Right. Um, okay, got it. I and I looked that up, and that that alien was designed by Mobius, which I thought was pretty <gasps> sick. Hell um, yeah! Which it's pronounced Moby. <laughs> <laughs> which which means that we've got some uh, some Moby design in this movie as well. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's some other kind of auxiliary similarities. I think the um, you know the underwater. Uh, like research station kind of as the base from which to uh, you know they're like doing their research and stuff and then the alien encounter kind of um, surprises everyone it's kind of like a tertiary thing and Mm -hmm. um, they're just in the right place at the right time Um, so I think some broad beats but then mostly the design of the alien is um, a a clear influence Um, the other one I was thinking of was um, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, mm. I think um, I don't know. I just think the character of Dorothy, um, kind of like a um, you know a, a confident, adventurous girl, um, kind of in a uh, you know, like making choices in a strange land, encountering larger than life beings, um, kind of rolling with the punches to, um, you know, like move through the story and accomplish her goal at the end. Um, I think that that character, the character of Dorothy is kind of archetypal for, for, for a character like Xenon. Mm-hmm. There is a direct nod to Wizard of Oz in this movie. With what? They, I mean, with words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they mention it by name. <laughs> oh, when do they mention it? I don't remember that. Someone likens themselves to Dorothy not being in Kansas anymore. Like when they're oh, in no- yeah. Nova. Mm-hmm. Nova Linda. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's like a space thing. Oh, um, space. Space. It, it's kind of a throwaway line. Like, I don't know that it totally makes sense in context but like um the influence is definitely there um other things that are directly referenced i guess we should state uh they talk about et which is Uh um someone has a movie chip about it (laughs) oh yeah 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 margie does she brings up et yeah it's like it's like that movie chip um the movie opens with a Star Wars style scrolling 
catch up on a zap pad and uh, the spaceship notably looks like the spaceship from 2001 the space odyssey i think that's mm. kind of like the rest of the direct references mm-hmm. yeah i didn't catch any other ones okay um i just thought i'd bring it up but <laughs> my votes for 23 and me i think that i gotta say the abyss definitely um I think that this movie very much plays like uh, a teenage James Cameron movie, and it is all the better for it. Um, and then my second pick has got to be The Wedding Singer. Um, it's twee, it's sandlery, it's on topic. I love it. Those are my picks. I just realized um, I had written this down. Lizzie McGuire, the show, which also feels tangentially like related to this, started its first episode aired the same day that this that Zine on the sequel came out. No way. Really? Isn't that amazing? That's a powerful oh, day. What a day in history. January twelfth. We should celebrate it. That's like those days when like the like they did a special friends episode after the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, when Family Guy, like, premiered after the Super Bowl or whatever. Yeah. We don't have to talk about Family Guy. It's I fine. don't want to. Oh, no, yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like, one of those things. <laughs> yes. David, what are your picks? Um, damn, I haven't seen Contact. God damn it. David, uh, that, let's know. watch that in my backyard or our, our next backyard um, yeah. movie night. Yeah, I, I wrote it down on a piece of paper just so that I would remember to watch it. You would love it. In, that movie in is a million backyard. percent on brand for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know why I haven't seen it. Um, shit, I also haven't seen The Wedding Singer. <laughs> what? Who are, why are you on this podcast, David? <laughs> and you know, I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen Princess Mononoke, even though we screened it, because um, the whole time that that movie was playing, I was... <laughs> I was driving back and forth from me and Tanner's house trying to find some sort of equipment that would stop the horrible buzzing from our speakers. <laughs> <laughs> so God, I don't uh, miss the stress of stuff like that. Oh man. Or do I? That was that was particularly stressful. Um, David, you haven't seen David. Pokemon. Okay. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. When I was coming up with this podcast, I was down to two choices. And the first one was called Straight to Straight to Video, which is the one that we're doing. My uh-huh. other choice for a podcast theme was David hasn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I mean, so far, every movie has been like that. I, uh, I, saw, I saw Wonder Woman ahead of time. but That's like the short-lived um, video series I was doing with Isak, who also hasn't seen any movie, where I basically like played him a 15 second clip of the film and then he had to give me the full plot of it and like his <laughs> review of the movie <laughs> and everything so maybe we could morph that idea we can oh, have a segment a at minisode. the yeah well let's let's have a minisode of david hasn't Ooh. seen it yeah i love it perfect david well, what are your picks yeah um i mean uh, i think close encounters in contact i've seen Ooh, 
I've seen a couple of scenes from Contact. Um, remember that old game, Seen It, that you'd play like on <laughs> yes. a DVD yes. on your TV? Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen scenes from this movie on Seen It. So you've basically um, seen it. I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> um, so from what I know, I, th- I think those are good picks. That's what we're going to rename. <laughs> we have two podcasts. One of movies you've seen called Seen It. And then <laughs> David hasn't seen it. <laughs> Jenny, what are your picks? My picks are The Abyss and um, Princess Mononoke. Y'all, I think this is the first <clears throat> time that one of my picks has made up <gasps> a not negligible amount of the DNA of a movie. I'm, That's I'm, really impressive. I Congratulations. Feel, I, feel right <laughs> I feel like this is a huge accomplishment for me. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the computer is confirming it to me um, as it tabulates the results, which seem to say that the abyss which is one of your picks makes up 33 percent of the dna of this Ooh. film wow um thanks the, re- the the rest of the elements are wedding singer close encounters um contact did she make it on yeah, there Yeah, contact contact made it on there yes and princess mononoke which were all at 16 percent. so um with that David, you have the first pick in the fantasy draft. Ah! Oh my god. Uh, the the aliens. Damn it, David. <laughs> you, you, you picked the aliens. Okay, yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. <sighs> my movie is shot. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> so David picked the aliens. Oh, this is tough. You know, in our first draft, I picked Protozoa first. But based off his performance in this movie, oof, he fell off. Um, I think much like who am I bringing to Friendsgiving, I'm, I'm bringing Novalinda. Novalinda Cove, mm. to be specific, okay. is my first pick. Okay, I am going to take that piece of space junk, the one that was part of the ship that they blasted off into space. The big piece of ship they blasted off into space. You mean the one that came back at the end? It didn't come back, did it? The aliens aliens brought all the pieces of the ship back. Oh, fuck. I don't want it anymore. (laughs) I was going to do a whole... Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. I want... Um, I want one of those little co- the little commuter plane that the mom flies. The, the it's spaceship. a garbage plane. The, the garbage <laughs> garbage plane. The garbage plane. I want that. Yeah, I want the garbage plane. That's a great pick. You have the next one as well. Oh no. Um. I want. Um, I want Orion. Okay. You're, you're straight to streeping pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take him. Okay. Um, four picks down. It looks like I'm up next. With my second pick, 
I'm picking Aunt Judy. Pure value pick at this point. Um, she's my straight streaming pick. Gotta take her. David, who you got? You have two picks in a row. Oh my god, I got two picks and then I'm done. Yep. Um. All right, I want I want Aunt Judy's yellow beetle. Um. Shit, who else is <laughs> who else is worth picking from this movie? I mean, um, you're straight to streeping pick for two movies in a row. Perhaps. Oh, but I don't I don't There's no horses in, in this movie. I know. I was thinking about horses. I don't I don't want Margie in my movie though. I just think that she she brought the energy in these movies, but my my movie, I want my movie to have a different sort of energy, you know. That's um, weird to me. But it's okay. That's that's why we're here. That's why we're podcasting, you know? <laughs> like that's why we're here. Mm. Yeah, we're we're constantly learning new things, you know. Um I think I want uh, shit, you already chose the garbage plane. I did. Um did y'all I really I was thinking about a, a like reverse twenty three in me moment, which was I think that this movie influenced another movie, which was um The Life Aquatic. I feel like that scene <laughs> that scene where they're flying around in the garbage plane, there's like all the shots kind of looking at them through the windshield and it mm. seemed it seemed like Wes Anderson's scene where he has them kind of like and the submarine floating through the ocean was like directly inspired by this movie. I remember that shot for shot. Um, oh fuck. I don't know. Uh, who else is in this movie? Y'all help me out. <laughs> no, no help. Uh, okay. I, I will let you fall to the last pick in the draft. Okay. Okay, I would like um, that. I need. Okay. I think I need a minute. Okay, so I'm next, and then Jenny, and then David will be last. Okay. Okay. Um, this is tough, but I, after balking at picking Protozoa in the first round, I'm picking him for the third round. What's your movie? No, just wait. I have to wait? Yeah. <laughs> but you have all your elements. I mean, I don't know that that's fair, but I do have a movie. Um, no, you have to wait. God damn it. <laughs> okay, I'm picking the laser shaver. Ooh. Mm. Do you want to know my movie? No, we're waiting for David. God damn it, David. Come on. Oh, man, I don't have any better ideas than I did. Well, so you got Aliens, ago. The Yellow Beetle. Why don't you I take... I... I was going to... Okay. If you have I... an idea, never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to pick the space station. So you want a car and a space station? Yeah. And aliens. And aliens. Yeah. As as okay. the jelly in this sandwich. So David, what's your movie? 
I, I'm I'm envisioning a completely like post human movie. Um <laughs> with <laughs> I'm out. Is it cars <laughs> in space? Oh man. That was better than what I was thinking. Um it's um it's aliens um this this same alien um goes back and travels around the galaxy you know for for hundreds of thousands of years and returns to earth to find only <laughs> one yellow beetle in the space station remaining um you know after the sands of time have washed everything else away and and these these two items remain and um it's, it's like just planet of the apes directed yeah yeah or like Wally. Okay, fine. Um, You're right. I was just trying to make that connection because the executive producer was the same, but you know. Um, and uh, it's just about. It's just a very existential, like slow cinema piece about, uh, like, pixely aliens hanging out on a, you know, on a forgotten Earth. Mm. Um. There's some like, you know, like like new wavy dialogue, lots of like over the shoulder shots, just like looking at things. Um, you know, just really like in the interiority of these aliens. You just kind of explore it, and <laughs> they drive the What's beetle on the beach. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Um, alien i'm picturing like stalker-esque it's just called aliens <laughs> is that what you said okay yeah. david david has made a, a really beautiful art film um <laughs> i need to make like to fake cover movie covers for all these um so what i'm imagining i've got nova linda cove aunt judy and protozoa um I'm, I'm sort of basing this on a little bit of energy that I picked up between Protozoa and Aunt Judy. Um, and I'm likening it to a <laughs> uh, sort of like a Diane Keaton, Keanu Reeves vibe. Ooh. Um from uh, 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 what what's got it? Something's got to give. Yeah, the Nancy Myers movie. Mm. And I I think that the house on Nova Linda Cove has got a Nancy Myers kitchen. We don't see it in the movie. Oh, thousand percent. I know it's I know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know that I didn't commit. I I didn't pick Plank, but I think that he's there. I think that there's a love triangle. It's protozoa. It's General Plank. Wow. Someone's Commander cheating. Plank, rather. Yeah, and Aunt Judy. And I cheated. <laughs> Both y'all cheated with them, treating them like one person. Aunt Judy cheated also <laughs> in, in my movie, which makes She would it never do okay. that. Fine. You don't This think is so? your fanfic as Judy and Protozoa. I love it. It is. Yeah, that's I love it. that's that's accurate. <laughs> and also um, there's a beautiful ocean and lush tropical trees Mm. and 
great natural light. Um, I'm just really selling vibes for this movie. It's a vibe movie, and there's a great kitchen, and you're going to buy it. What's it called? Oh, it's called Nova Linda. (laughs) Ooh, Mm. romance. Yeah. Oh, romance. (laughs) It's a a no-brainer. That's great. I would definitely watch that. Um, I would pretend that I've seen David's movie, but I hadn't ever finished it. <laughs> Man, I haven't ever seen it either. <laughs> um, okay, I have The Garbage Plane and Orion and The Laser Shaver. So my film is a space romance as well. Um, Orion gets his heart broken or something and he just leaves on this garbage paint plane <laughs> and he is just gallivanting around space um looking for love in all the wrong places you know keeping himself smooth with the laser shaver and um i'm picturing like a real kind of mandalorian vibe to it Ooh. oh um so he's getting adventures but like love adventures <laughs> he's out to find uh, this is your fanfic it is and i'll be waiting <laughs> um it's called i'm sorry i'm really proud of this orion's spelt <laughs> is what it's like orion's belt spelt orion's spelt spelt david spelt like like his face and like like he is like he's, Orion is svelte. He's svelte in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does svelte mean? It just means it like, like you're svelte. Like it's like I can only tell you by moving. It's like svelte. <laughs> like picture his slender like, and elegant. Like picture his smooth, hairless face as you would describe as svelte. <laughs> Azzy, I thought svelte meant a pelt. No, that's a pelt, David. Oh. You're thinking of pelt. You're thinking of pelt. Hmm. Orion's. I almost said Orion's smelt, but that would be a completely different movie. Words that sound like it. (laughs) I was like, well, the line could be like, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Um, (laughs) But then that would be a space comedy, and I wanted it to be Uh, a space space romance. romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Orion's Felt is like, it's kind of like, it's the Mandalorian, but a little bit lower budget. Um, More of like a Lifetime. If Lifetime ever goes into like the space genre, the sci-fi genre, that's what it would be. Well, I love that title. Thank you. I worked hard on it. I think there's a a really untapped market for Lifetime original science fiction movies. Yeah, oh, truly. We should ask our our friend Karen, Christmas Karen. <laughs> Christmas Karen, yeah, maybe she can research us a producer to text while he's on the tarmac <laughs> and help us produce our sci-fi romance. Y'all, this could yeah. actually happen. This could be Orion Spelt coming step. to a TV near Orion's you. Spelt. <laughs> <laughs> Danner is disapproving, but I don't care, David. It's me and you, Orion Spelt, all the way. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. And I think, I think Orion's Svelte is a big winner. 
I can't wait for you to make Alien, and I'm sure you won't have any problem <laughs> making a movie called Alien. <laughs> I want you to change the title of your movie to Big Winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, who me? Yeah. <laughs> what about just like pancakes? <laughs> Oh, man. oh no no wait what do you need to call it what is it the poof um oh, the poof point poof point <laughs> the poof point because all the humans are gone it's the poof point sequel they've been raptured they've been poof pointed it's it's post poof point <laughs> well you guys i think that we are at our poof point and that all of the listeners have disappeared at this point in the podcast and you know, I don't necessarily blame them, but <laughs> no. um, this is uh, fans only uh, at this point, and it's all I ever wanted, you know. Oh yeah, you when get, are we you, gonna? When are we gonna make our only fans? <laughs> um, what's gonna be on our only fans statement? <laughs> mm. It could be like uh like that movie with Jack Black where he erases all the tapes and then he has to remake them all, but they'd all be like steamy fanfics. Be Kind Rewind is one of my yes, favorite movies. Yes, Be Kind Rewind. Um, okay. I think Orion Perfect. Svelte would be in our only fans. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I think Wait, that, that we is could, the flagship title. <laughs> we could distrib- distribute it only on OnlyFans. <laughs> Fuck. That's not a bad idea. Streaming exclusively on OnlyFans. (laughs) Um, Well, you guys heard it here first. Um, Thanks for coming. You know, stopping by the old, uh, the old train station, the old uh, kiosk of straight to video. Bye-ness. We. (laughs) Yeah, bye-ness. Bye-ness. The more you say that, the weirder it is. Binus. That's truly weird. Binus. <laughs> it sounds wrong. <laughs>